Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the plague. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel. Streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome into a Husker 24-7 Hoops cast. I am Mike Schaefer. He is Brian Christopherson. We are here, even though the holidays, they don't even feel... uh, you know, it feels like it's just extended Christmas. I uh, I was not able to get out to Columbus with the weather that, that came through, Brian. So like any normal 36-year-old that doesn't have a kid yet, uh, I just played a lot of video games on Christmas while my wife worked. So that was uh, that was our Christmas. Hopefully you had a much better Monday. Uh, I went to Omaha. Um, I braved the elements. What was, this, what was the snow accumulation in Columbus? Uh, they got up to like six inches and it was more so the blowing snow to try to wow. get there. Uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to mess with it. None of my siblings were headed back. So we're, we're, we've, we found another day. We're Christmasing at another time. It'll be one of those like fake Christmases where you try to convince yourself that it still feels like it's the same thing, but really you're like, this tree is, is still up and you know, we're, you're just trying to get through it, but that's, that's fine. We'll, we'll make that matter uh, when, when we get there. But yeah, uh, did you good Christmas? Did you get everything you asked for? Yeah, I did pretty well. I don't want to like brag about my haul or anything, um, but it, it it was pretty good. But I I'm at the age. Look, I where... got bungee cord, so no one's gonna top me. I've been well, this is something I've needed for several years, and I haven't just gone out and bought. And so I put it on a Christmas list, and there they are, and I'm pretty fired up about it. They they come in uh, more useful than you would uh, think. Um, actually, yeah. maybe you did think about it. That's why you asked for them, I suppose. But uh, my brother, I didn't, I didn't know how to take this. Uh, my dad bought, or my parents bought my brother a hacksaw, um, you know, to, to do some projects. Which I don't know what he's going to do with it because he's a lot like me. Um, where well, he might have less fingers than you if he's yeah. not careful. Well, I was just like, what are you going to actually do with that thing? You know, but I. <laughs> But I tell that story not to make fun of my brother, but actually myself, because uh, he's way younger than me. He's like 11 years younger than me. And my, my parents never bought me that. My dad never thought like that, that guy can use can use that piece of equipment and get something done with it like that never happened. So um, my dad loves me, but I think he knows he knows what my limitations are. <laughs> hey, look, I mean. Not everyone, uh, not everyone is is born to use a hacksaw. I know I'm not, so I. Uh, that's why, for me, getting bungee cords is big. Other people would have had a collection of these. I grew up with a dad that had like a book bag full of bungee cords, so whenever I had to move stuff, they could be easily fastened and tied down, and no problem. Yeah. And I've been living on the edge the last couple of years trying to move things around, and 
not having it secured. So it, yeah, it, it makes sense. You, uh, you fall into it when you need it. I, I, w- I was going to say though, um, and I met, I shared this in our text. You were excited about your bungee cords. This shows our age. I got some, some nice material items, but, um, the thing I'm most pumped about are these like $5. I think they're probably five bucks, like slipper socks. Yeah. Uh, my wife found for me and they're, it's hard to describe if they're slippers or socks, but they're both, they fit perfectly over my feet. They got good grip to walk around the kitchen floor on. And I'm at the age where that that's like my best gift. Like I, I I'm most satisfied with that this morning. Look, you, uh, you can open a lot of things, but the joy that, you know, a good pair of socks and or slippers. And then if it's a combination of the two, I mean, are you going to try to wear these things daily or how does this work? Is it yeah, like probably. special occasions? Yeah, probably. And uh, not to warn, I, I'll send this as a warning shot to all the reporters in our market. I got a new tape recorder for Christmas. So, <laughs> so look out. Who knows? You still the mini, uh, the mini, the mini tapes go into it. Yeah, they were, no, no, no mini tapes, but who knows what this baby's about to obtain. <laughs> wow. Uh, Husker 24-7 stepping its game up for, for 2024. <laughs> a new recorder. That'll be fantastic. All right. Hopefully everyone had a great Christmas. Uh, Nebraska basketball could have had a much worse Christmas had they not pulled it out against North Dakota last Wednesday. A sleepy first half had them trailing by, I think, nine, Brian, going into the break. Is that right? Or was it more than that? It was uh, more. I'm trying to remember it correctly. I don't have the box in front of me. I believe it was either nine or ten. I don't think it was. I don't think it was substantially more because Nebraska missed a three point look that I think would have made it seven um, at halftime. But yeah, I think they're down eleven. But okay, so yeah, they were uh, they were definitely down, and that was coming off of they took their only lead in the first half on a 29-28 uh, three pointer from Sam Hoiberg, and then promptly immediately got beat back down by North Dakota, who came in, Brian, looking looking like they were just ready to leave with a victory and and make all the people sad in the building. They, uh, there was no apprehension, no concern on their part for Nebraska basketball. But the Huskers found themselves, and they're starting five in the second half. They only had 18 points as a group in the first half. The bench had to carry things. A lot of C.J. Wilcher, a lot of, uh, a lot of Sam Hoiberg. But Juwan Gary had his own... Uh, kind of moment. Kate Tomonaga had a moment. Bryce Williams had a moment. They all sort of showed up when they needed to show up in the second half. And that allowed Nebraska to pull away from North Dakota in a game that I have to be entirely honest was never on my radar that Nebraska was going to be in a close and late situation. Yeah. Um, okay. I got it pulled up. We're a few days removed from it, and a lot's been going on. That's why we're a little um, blurry about it. It was. <laughs> I'll be yeah. honest; I haven't thought about that game a whole lot since I left the. Yeah, uh, and the I don't region. think most people is, which is good. That's that's the important part. If we were, it'd be like, oh, you remember what happened when the season got ruined a few days ago? <laughs> like, um, it's it was forty two thirty two at half, but where it got a little worrisome was the first uh, fifty seconds or whatever. North Dakota pushed it out to forty six thirty two. And now it's all coming back to me. Nebraska ripped off that 12. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's a, they ripped off a 12. Ballard. That's pretty. Yeah. I, I don't know it as well as you. I don't think. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I know it really well. I don't know if that was intended to be a shot or not, but no, no, it wasn't. There's, nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with Celine Dion or, or anybody who can sing like that. Yeah, the Canadian so, listeners are going to get real mad if you, uh, you, you know, go too hard there. Yeah, they might. So let's let's just be careful with it. Um, 
Nebraska had a 12-0 run in like three minutes that got it down to 46-44 at the under 16. And then they had another run where they were up, uh, it was like 57-52 or whatever at the under 12, 56-51, something like that. So I thought they did a nice job right out of the gate in the second half of playing the kind of defense that I don't think they played in the first. They just ramped up the intensity. I also thought North Dakota hit a couple shots that they just didn't hit in the second half with maybe an arm in their face. And um, those went away. And anyway, Nebraska won by eight and uh, avoided a disaster there. Um, Gets a Christmas break before South Carolina State. And we'll get to the big news, which is rink mass. But uh, they they got done what they needed to in another one of these games where there's been like two or three of them, Schaefer, where maybe another Husker team from two or three years ago finds a way to lose that thing. And the bottom line is Nebraska hasn't lost any of those games that you're, you look at their schedule or we're going to look in January and be like, Oh, what happened there? Then the, it's that game where when they show the graphic of a team, the things they've done well, and then the losses that stink where it's like, what's that? Nebraska doesn't have that eyesore on there. I know Min- that Minnesota one. We'll see what that would look like. But yeah, I I, I agree. They don't have like a they don't have a two hundred level team loss. Yeah, I, sure. Minnesota could be a lower tier loss. We'll see what Minnesota does. I'm not convinced they're going to absolutely stink, but I think they'll be lower half of the league for sure. But yeah, they don't they don't have a a loss like this, North Dakota or something. So that that's good because in past years it does feel like there's been one of those most of the seasons. At yeah, least no, you're. You're absolutely correct, and and you know we're we're gonna dive into the rink mass thing. I mentioned those other three guys, and and Jawan Gary and uh, Casey Tomanaga and Bryce Williams. They all had to kind of step up because Nebraska didn't have rink mast. Uh, he is out after a small um, cleanup, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and I think the hope was that you get him a couple weeks of rest before that Indiana game on January third. I don't think we'll see him for South Carolina State on Friday. But it was really interesting because, you know, Hoiberg had said in the summer when I, I had a chance to, to spend a little bit of time with him and he was talking about the team, he, he said that they were going to be built around Rink Mast. And I thought that was really fascinating. And it told me how much he felt about Rink Mast and what he felt about Rink Mast. And then when you didn't see him out there for an entire game, you could see where some of those differences are in terms of offensive rebounding in terms of just having a big that can pass the way that he does. Um, Josiah Alec is all energy, all heart. Don't know that he's the best ball handler and I'm not sure he's the best at the backdoor screens. Uh, whereas rink mask could kind of find some of those. And so he, he's sort of the, the center point of that offense. And, and I don't say that just because he is the center, but uh, it, it was a lot more noticeable to me, Brian, than I kind of expected it to be when they played North Dakota. Yeah. I mean, and it also puts in perspective, the Kansas state game, uh, which he knew going in, he was going to have that minor surgery right after how good he was like to have 19 points, 11 rebounds uh, against K state. He was as dominant in that game as Jawan Gary was. I thought as much as we talked about Gary's rebounding. So, I mean, that, that was a heck of an effort in a game that looks really good now for Nebraska to have. I think they timed this surgery out as well as they could have, and now you hope for the best recovery timetable possible. The The January 3rd comeback would be the best-case scenario 
it's possible it might not be that right mm -hmm. now it's only been described as an early january return and here's where it's really tough they play indiana the third they play wisconsin the sixth they play purdue the ninth i think and then they play uh, iowa the 12th so somewhere in there you hope he fits in and ideally it's a third but i don't know and they're gonna have to be really you know be, do good by him and how how quickly they bring him back um it was a loose cartilage deal in his knee and it was just going to be get worse or it was going to nag him all year and i so they had to take care of it and um you know with the christmas break this was a chance to you think you can do it you can probably win these games without them they played with fire a little bit um this last one i don't think south carolina state's going to be an issue i, I think they'll show up more than yeah. they that first half was pretty sleepwalkish and I think they weren't prepared for North Dakota to, to start throwing haymakers in the, the first five minutes of that game. South Carolina State looks like the worst team on the schedule if you look at their resume, basically. I mean, they would, it would have to be a really bad, bad performance. Yeah, we're tempting fire here. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Just talking about taking care of business, and then it's like, well, they got this one team left. They're probably the worst that they've played all year. They You're right. have one of their better players. You're though. right in how they need to handle it, though. They need to, yeah. like, look at it like, I mean, come on, we – we almost ruined our season here before Christmas. Let's not do it before we get into Big Ten play. Come out there and and have it be a runway into the conference play, um, where you're feeling good about how you're playing defensively and all that. But yeah, Rink without him on the court, a guy who could go get you a double double on any night um, and do it pretty routinely. That that it just it was tough to tougher to watch the this squad without him. Um, you know, Josiah, to his credit, I think had a rough first half. And then the second half got a few key buckets and did some good things. Um, but you're right. It, sort of the qualities of rank and his outside shooting are are not replaceable on that roster right now. Yeah. And I mean, it. it's the, the hope is, like you said, that you get him or well, even like I said, the, the hope is you get him back for that Indiana game. I mean, we talked about those four games between Creighton, Minnesota, uh, Michigan State, Kansas State, how you needed to split those. It feels very much the same way, the way they start Big Ten play. If you can sneak out of those first four games, Indiana, Wisconsin, Purdue, Iowa, with two and two or, you know, better, you're going to be over the moon. I don't even think one one and three wouldn't be terrible. You got to get at least one. And so um, none of those are gimmies. They're all different styles, too. I mean, the, the Big Ten, I don't think, Brian, is as good as it has been. Um, but it is a uh, it is a conference where you're not going to get a lot of nights off and you got to show up and play. And, you know, you're going to need the version of you that made Kansas State quit that game and made Michigan State and Tom Izzo throw his hands up with what was it? Fifty some seconds left or, or whatever it was. So um, we know they're in there, uh, but it's going to really put a test to how consistent they can be. Uh, when we get into January. And of course, we're going to have an opportunity to talk about this uh, here in a week when it is January. And then the games are, are right around the corner. A couple late night starts too, some prime time or not some prime time, but some late nights in Lincoln, uh, a couple 8 p.m. starts there. So it's a big, I think a really critical four game stretch right there again, uh, where we're going to be talking about, hey, if Nebraska can just you know, hold serve and, and hang in there, they're going to be in a really good shape when they get out of it because it, their schedule feels a little more front loaded uh, than than maybe where the rest of it would fall. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, when Indiana comes to town right out of the, you know, New Year's to get it going, 
that's always kind of a special game, no matter what Indiana's made of. It's Indiana basketball has that, you know, there's the candy stripe pants out there for warm ups and all that. It gets you kind of going. And um, Indiana actually played with fire too um, in the, a game right before Christmas. They beat Morehead State by one point, you know, and, and, and Maryland also had a game against Nichols State, who's like four and seven. It, it might have been their getaway game where they won by six, but we're slogging through it the whole way. Penn State lost to Belmont. Yeah, we, and we've seen a few of those uh, throughout the country, I think especially between December, around December 20th or whatever that date is. Um, those games are are tough sometimes because uh, Hoiberg talked about how, you know, when he was in the NBA, it was the game right before the All-Star break where guys already had their plans, like when they're leaving and stuff, and they're trying to get that all worked out and you're packing and all that stuff. And and the game sometimes becomes secondary, unfortunately, and that happens everywhere, not just here. So fortunately, they did not have that turn into a setback, but uh, there's some exciting games right ahead, and it, it's going to get it's going to get pretty um i think juiced up at pba uh in early january all right well we'll give the listeners a a chance to get juiced up we'll take a quick break when we come back more husker hoops here on the husker 24 7 hoops cast when you have sports mixed with your pop culture along with humor and celebrity interviews your earbuds are enjoying the rich eisen show dan orlovsky are you still a Jaden daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy i think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one i think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft every quarterback in the nfl is accurate he's got the best on tape number two most transferable stuff to the nfl and then i think the third thing is pocket peace search for the rich eisen show on youtube or wherever you listen Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. So I promised more Nebraska basketball talk. Of course, we'll have the uh, the guests, the random Husker Hooper game here to, to kind of finish things off. I wanted to uh, I wanted to, to bring it back a little bit to kind of what you've noticed in terms of, of rotations, guys playing, guys that haven't played. One of the more notable things, Brian, uh, for a team that doesn't have a real point guard, they have seemed to, to de-emphasize uh, Boogie Coleman a little bit in favor of Eli Rice here these last few games. And Eli Rice has responded by, you know, when he gets an opportunity, he's knocking down those three-pointers right now. Yeah, Eli's done a nice job um, in that sort of five- to six-minute role coming in. And as we've said it before, but it's really hard to – to come into a game like that and okay, even if it's an open look, knock it down. You know, most, most guys just don't do it. He did it against Michigan state and Kansas state in games where the, every shot like that, that a guy hits feels huge, you know, and especially uh, for a role player at this point in his career, you just look at Eli though, when he's out there, he just fits in, doesn't he? I mean, Oh, for, there is so much confidence. You could just, it like radiates off of him. He's just like, yeah, I, it almost sometimes looks like he is hunting for a shot 
in a way that you would think like Tominaga would, where you just kind of you follow him instead of the ball a little bit when he's out there. And you can just tell he's like picking his spots and he's he's catching he's gonna catch that thing in rhythm and let it fly. Like that's the other thing. If that ball is getting to him, you can just tell that thing is not getting passed uh, in certain situations. I'm not trying to say he's a black hole. It's just that, like, he has a lot of confidence in his outside of shooting. And here's the thing, like, that's why he's on the team. That's what he's supposed to be doing. Mm. I go nuts when there's guys that are specifically brought in to be shooters that try to drive the ball. You know, Latman was maybe the, the strongest example we hear about his ability to shoot the three in practice all the time. And yet every time he would catch the ball on the wing, it'd be a pump fake, two dribbles and getting stuffed. And so, uh, you know, if if they just develop these guys that can absolutely rip you up, you know, right when they get the ball on the catch, that's a dangerous, dangerous weapon to have coming off the bench. I don't know that he can necessarily be that all the time, but you, you love to see it. You love to see what C.J. Wilcher did, too, on Wednesday. I thought that was one of his better performances. I've been absolutely hard on him. Uh, and he came through and, and knocked down some critical shots there. Yeah, CJ uh, CJ's had some ups and downs, but <clears throat> he's going to win him a game or two in Big Ten too, where he comes in and um, you know has 15 points. And you're right, he kind of saved the day. Uh, CJ's an awesome kid, so I'm always like rooting for him to to do so really well. Like I really respect how he handles his business. But yeah, he was he was instrumental. Um, you know, in the game before the break and, and Eli, it's just going to be fun to see him grow. There's some guys where you're worried, like, how's that development really going to take off for him? But with his body type and his ability to shoot it, you just have a more confidence than you sometimes do in other younger players that it's actually going to happen. At least I do that. It's going to take off and you're going to see the ascent. So I'm, I'm pretty uh, eager to see where that goes in the next year or so. Yeah, I, I am as well. I mean, I just, uh, I I had a couple friends who were just like, hey, why is this guy not playing? Why is this guy not playing? And it seemed like it just seemed like Hoiberg, you know, had enough guys, the rotation sort of they're a deeper team. I mean, it's kind of hard to crack that. And the the one guy that it seems has really sort of receded in terms of playing time. And I think Sam Hoiberg has less minutes than I would have expected as well, too. But um Coleman he just did it hasn't gone maybe as as they had hoped and the offense has a different flow when he's out there as well it's maybe not as sped up and so um it's it's sort of just interesting to note that because again this is yet another year where they don't have a traditional point guard and so the one guy that is your traditional point guard <laughs> you're you're sort of at the point where he's being de-emphasized it's it's just sort of interesting to note yeah, I mean, and, and Jamarcus, though, uh, against North Dakota, he had a couple takes late that were pretty important, too, in that one. Um, and so it's it, it goes back to a pod we had a couple weeks ago with Jamarcus. He's just, like, growing up. Continuing to top. grow, yeah. And so there's going to be, I think, times where, um, you know, the, a night where it goes really well and then maybe a night where somebody else kind of steps into the role a little bit more and it gets split up. That could be. Um, the thing with Jamarcus is I love when – um, he sort of finds that happy medium between, yes, he's a point guard, but he also, there's that Jamarcus from last year that pops up and you just see the confidence to, to go score some. And, um, he did that a little bit against North Dakota when it was dicey with about five or six minutes left, because I know we already discussed that game, but they, North Dakota got it to within one again with like five minutes left. And he had two buckets, I think after that. So He's um, like a turnaround sort of fadeaway mid-range jumper. Yeah, it was kind of a, 
tricky shot where it looked it sort of looked like it wasn't the set wasn't going to work and he he just made a play um so that that was big and you never know when stuff like that happens how that can boost a guy too yeah here's what's really fun to me nebraska hasn't really played in any of these games like all of the all of the margins have been large enough where there hasn't had the the moment where you come down with that final shot i i'm really curious who would you want the ball in their hands game's tied or you're down one whatever there's the 20 seconds left that every coach is going to kill till they run their play at about 10 seconds and in college basketball the play that they run is almost always geared for some sort of right-handed layup but who who do you want the ball in their hands at the end of a game, Brian? Like, I, I am very fascinated where you're going to go with this because I think Nebraska has several options here. Yeah. Um, it's a good question because I'm thinking if there's that guy who I'd want just like where it's all right, every, everybody in the gym's standing up, it's cleared out, it's this guy with the ball and he's going one-on-one. Or if I, I picture Nebraska more still running sort of a set type, a little bit where they want to play a two-man game or something late and um the guy that comes to mind actually is bryce williams yep that's um, the same one for me too it's the only guy i feel super comfortable that could get a shot off like mid-range that could also make it like it, it feels like you know we grew up or at least i grew up your game-winning shots were like michael jordan kobe bryant uh, you know, later LeBron, guys like that. But it would be these guards that could get to a spot, guard small forwards, that could then sort of shoot this mid-range jumper that has been largely just eradicated out of basketball in favor of play at the rim and, and three-pointers. And I feel like Brett Williams is a throwback. Like, I think he can do that. Yeah. And I, I'm, like, confident when he shoots the ball mid-range, whereas everybody else is, like, either at the rim or from the three, nothing else. Tominaga gets to do floaters. That's that's basically where I'm at with it. Well, Bryce is uh, they like to say a three level score, so that that yeah. uh, goes into your argument. And uh, yeah, he has the ability to get, he could get to the basket. He could he could hit that 15 footer. He also can on occasion hit a one from behind the arc that with you know I think pressure in his face. He had a big one against Michigan State, I think um, that that helped Nebraska in the last two minutes there. So he'd probably be my answer. Um, I'd love to see, for whatever reason, Tominaga was good on a, in a couple games earlier in the year where he would, like, at the last second, he's taking a three, and then it's like, whoop, whips a pass in to, like, Jawan Gary or something. I'd love to see a game end like yeah. that, where it's like every Well, they have decoys, too. Like, you could, you could set it all up so it looks like one thing, only to open it up underneath. Yeah, where everybody's like, KZ's taking it. Here we go. And then yep. he just – it makes me think of uh, this – when I was a kid, I loved Jordan and he came back and what was wearing the number 45 that one year. And it was not quite as good, but he went into Madison square garden, like his third or fourth game. And he put on a show like he was show. I'm still Jordan scores 50 some. And on the last play, he's uh he drives in and he's going to take it. Then he flips it off to Bill Wennington for a jumper. So that that's what I think of on plays like that, where a guy's just like, Nope, we're going this misdirection here. So can Rink Mass be the Bill Wennington of Nebraska basketball hey, that we're looking for here? Hey, there's a lot worse things to be than Bill Wennington. Look, um, I think Rink Mass would love to be <laughs> Bill Wennington. That's a that's a serviceable NBA career. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think he would too. So, yeah, he could be Bill Wennington in this right. in this case. If you thought Bill Wennington was going to be the most random name that you heard on this podcast, and you haven't been listening to us enough. 
You know, on this show, we like to uh, we like to pull out some of the names from from Husker basketball lore. By the and, way, uh, he's oh, Canadian. He's Canadian too. Yeah. That goes it's back Canadian to our, friendly show here. Yeah, with our theme earlier. Yeah, that's great. Love to see it. Uh, all right. So anyone that has listened, or if you haven't, Brian will give me some clues, and I will try to guess a former Nebraska basketball player. It could be from any era. Uh, we largely have stuck with the years that we have been alive for. That'll genuinely probably be where I'll I'll stay, unless I just throw some uh, some Chuck Jura at you, since he was once my substitute uh, science teacher for an entire year. Um, so I, I'm very familiar with Chuck Jura. That's about the only basketball player pre my my birth that I could tell you a lot about. So, uh, all right, Brian, you uh, you're the ones giving the clues. All right, let's, let's get this underway. All right, this will be a little bit. Maybe it won't be a test for you. I believe. It's never good when the guy who's giving the clues. Says, I believe. I, I think this is what happened. Um, this, are we starting the the American Outlaws chant here? The, <laughs> I believe. I believe. I, I believe. You know, that keeps going. I, yeah, I had to look it up his years um, to make sure that I was right on this. His Husker career, and you, this could get it for you. It began in the Sadler era. That was his first year, but it worked well into the Miles era. Well into the Miles. I mean, he was here a while. He was here a while. He was here four years. Well into the Miles era. I didn't realize he played four years here. And this is why when I was questioning whether this was a good name to give, I was like, yeah, but he played four years and he he even started one of them at least. And then he was kind of a role player. I, I think of him as a role player. Okay, so we're talking about Ray Gallegos? No, we're not. Oh, okay. All right. That's a good name, though. All right. Um, he's like he's he's six seven. Um, you would probably think of him. You'd think of him as like a forward. Um, I think of him as kind of a defensive guy. He was not like a big point scorer, but he was going to give you. Rivers. A, all right, you got it. All right, fine. Yeah, anytime you say not a big point scorer, I'm immediately going to Corey Sims, who was last week, <laughs> and then David Rivers, who was this week. You got him. And uh, I got I got a little thrown on the role player thing because Ray Gallegos was really important for that, and, and right. David Rivers is on the same team. But I don't remember if Ray played for Sadler or not. I thought he did because uh, he he was one of the few four year players. Uh, David Rivers, yeah, he was a uh, he was a favorite of at least one listener of this podcast. Yeah, uh, I know that who who has an actual David Rivers jersey. So there's there's that as well. Um, and he he was a guy I was talking about David Rivers at the basketball game with the people I was sitting with on on Wednesday. He was a guy that had one one spot on the floor where he was absolutely money from. He had like a, a 12 foot baseline jumper that you know, that was kind of his spot. Otherwise, he could yeah. get to the rim. He could score there or he was just going to be passing it off and. Um, breaking records for offensive fouls on moving screens. That was that was also another. Thing. Would it would it have mattered to you had I said he's from Little Rock, Arkansas? No, because they've they've under Sadler had multiple players from Arkansas, including uh, here's a here's a former Husker Hooper that probably would never get used for this game because he he was here for one year and played kind of sparingly. Started a couple games, but is now fantastic, Brian. Are you familiar with Kevin Cross and what he's yeah. doing at, at Tulane right yeah. now? Yeah, he's I been am. Outstanding. Kevin Cross got to Nebraska as kind of a, 
a pudgy power forward who wanted mm-hmm. to be a uh, he wanted to be a three level scorer like Bryce Williams, and everyone kind of looked at him and was like, "Yeah, you're not playing in the power five like that." And reshaped himself, went down to Tulane, and has been fantastic uh, for yep. for Ron Hunter, the the head coach down there. And so, um, yeah, he's another Arkansas guy. They they had a run of players out of Arkansas um, again because of Doc Sadler. So that would Arkansas would work against you a little bit. You'd, you'd have to start trying to pull some of the names from there. Yeah. David Rivers is one of those names where at first, like I thought of it this way, I was like, ah, is he, I, I, I'm not trying to say this to diminish him because actually I'm going to make the other point where I'm like, ah, does he qualify for this game? Is he enough of a guy? I mean, oh, yeah. he got yeah. in, he got inserted. He was in, on the starting lineup of the yeah. team that went to the last yeah. uh, tournament game. Yeah, he got in. I was, I was reading up more on him before we did this um, to refresh myself and he, they, insert him in the starting lineup the last nine games of that season he had started the year before too and of course he's averaging like you know three four points a game but he was good on defense just guy. Fit, fit his role well and um had had a say in the program for four years and what year as you say was on the last tournament team so um i was like heck yes he belongs in this he belongs prominently he should be one of the guys who is considered at some point and today's the day. So that's the conclusion I came to. Did, did David Rivers, did he ever have a moment? Like, you know how, like for, I don't know. For I a lot of this, it. it's been the, the Corey Sims shot or Stefan Bradford's missed dunk or J- Jamar Johnson's uh, three pointer. Um, I, I can't think of a moment that's like specifically David Rivers though. Against Michigan state. Um, it was his first start. I'm trying to think if this was the game where they ran him out of the gym or they were way ahead at one point, but they, in a 13, 14, he made his first start against the Spartans and he had 6.7 rebounds and a pair of assists in 24 minutes, which is, I'm sure was, had everybody pretty fired up for a first start, you know, a guy just yep. coming in and contributing and various stats like that. So, but I, I can't think of one where he was the guy where someone dished it to him and he hit like a 12 footer, you know, with a second left or, or a yeah. tip in or something, but um, not everybody gets those, which is, you wish every guy could have, <laughs> could have that Everyone one their moment. Yeah. They have that one little tip in or whatever it is. And, you know, but it doesn't, you know, it's going to be incredible in the future kids are going to be able to walk through some sort of like holographic Nebraska basketball or Nebraska sports museum. And they're going to be able to click on these rosters. And then you're going to be able to click on a player. And then there will just be this holographic image that comes up and you will see the career highlights of that player. And then if they're like particularly notable, like if we're sticking with basketball here and you were to click on Turan Petaway, it would have his like game winning shots or the, the one that invented bang orang from, from Kensabelka out at uh, out at Michigan State. I don't know how many years we are from this sort of uh digital museum that I've created in my brain here, but Nebraska should get on that. Where's Trev? We we got to get an email to him. They, they got to be one of the first teams in the, you know, the college sphere to to have that. Could you imagine going through a video library having to someone would have to assemble this or more likely they would create a program and bots to sort of do the work for it. But uh the, the sort of archive that you could put together with Nebraska athletics across all of these sports where, you know, you want to watch, uh, you want to watch 
you know, a volleyball player, like you want to see Jordan Larson or Sarah Pavin from the early 2000s, and there's video archive footage of this that's just in a digital library in your, you know, 2052 Nebraska Hall of Fame that finally gets built. You know what I think is going to happen? I think you're going to send a text to me and Bruns here pretty soon and be like, guys, it's been fun, but I've, I've got been hired away because you've got you've got so many of these good ideas you, you keep throwing out with the, the dog halftime show, the sheltered dogs. I love um, ideas. I don't love the follow-up. And then, I just uh, like to sit around and think about things, but I don't your, like to physically do it. Your Husker Hologram Museum that you're going to put together. Um, Man, if I could put that together, that could be a moneymaker. No, that that would be a good idea. Like I, I hope people are really listening to these amazing ideas that you have. Cause you've, then, had, you know, you've had two at least now. <laughs> the, the dog one seems like something that could actually happen too. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I feel like I just need to talk to somebody about that because I, I see no reason why that one. The only problem happen. with the dog thing is they'd almost have to be like, you can't go like pick out the dogs till after the game. Otherwise it'd be a deal where like in the second half, like the seats are emptying out. Yeah. And you see people kind of going down to that corner area or whatever, and they're they're trying to arrange time to look at the dogs and pet the dogs. That's like when they did the the giveaway, but you had to be there in the in the second half in the student section to get these like really cool crew neck Nebraska basketball sweatshirts. And you would just see students leaving in the like the middle of the the game to go get this. And so then like the student section looks pretty bare. And I remember my buddy was like, Are they? Are they protesting, Hoiberg? What is <laughs> what is happening here? But no, it's a good sweatshirt. No, they just want a crew neck. Yeah. Well, look, I can't blame it. Crew necks are great. Sweatshirts are great. Very pro sweatshirt. Uh, also very pro Husker 24-7, and we have plenty of things going on, even if it's the slowest week of the year for you. Or if you're stuck at home with your screaming kids, and you're ready to get back to some level of normalcy, and you can steal away eight minutes of quiet time, we think you should use it for Husker 24-7. We think we're going to have stuff that you're going to want to read. We think we're going to have coverage of the recruiting class that just happened, the recruiting class that's up ahead. Of course, basketball, plenty of football coverage as well. That never stops. Everything is uh, still in season at Husker 24-7. There is no off season. That's why you come to us, and that's why we have the goods. Right, Brian? Yeah, we do. Um, in fact, I got a new tape recorder so that you never know what's what's going to happen. Like Are the you stuff- going to walk around and start recording people? <laughs> yeah, I might get. Yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to get on the streets with this thing and you're going to you're going to get some stories you've never seen before. You also might get a Willis McGahee, the fourth story. I'm planning to write that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to him uh, that we're going on football here, but um and some other things i have a few items play i'm not just taking the day after christmas easy so uh i've taken too many days before christmas and then christmas easy so i need to ramp it up so you're you you should get a strong you know four-day production here for me before i go quiet again well what i'm telling the people is the 26th and 27th they're gonna get some material if they pop on over there maybe give us like an hour or two but it's gonna it's gonna start and then it's gonna come pretty Hot and heavy, as they say on Seinfeld. Well, we are content creators, and you can find that content at Husker247.com. For Brian Christofferson, I'm Mike Shaver. We're Husker247. We'll be back with more Husker247 podcast content later this week. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. 
For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.